0: Father, we thank you for this time to come, to honor you, to bless you, to worship you, and to praise you, and to break open the bread of life. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity as we come before you and we open up your word, Lord. I just pray that you will anoint these lips of clay Anoint this message, anoint, breathe upon it. Speak to every person that's here this morning. And God, let me with effectiveness, God, by your anointing, declare what you want to speak to this body. And God, stir our hearts, let faith come, let expectation come. Let challenge come. Minister to us, Father, today. And I believe you, Lord, for this, and I ask your blessing upon it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I have felt, I have felt for s- about a week as I began to seek the Lord, Him prompting me to preach a series on seasons. A series on seasons. Because seasons are a law that God has established in His Word. It's a principle. It's a law. Just like gravity is a law, seasons are a law. And we're going to get into the word to, to, to validate that, or I shouldn't say validate it, but to confirm it is what I meant to say. God confirms everything that we know by his word too, amen? But seasons are a law that God has established, and our lives are full of diverse seasons, I don't know what season you're in today, but I know that it's a season that God has you in and He's going to bring you through it. And He wants me to speak this message today because He doesn't want us to miss our greatest season. He doesn't want us to miss what He's doing, the fruitfulness of it, the harvest in it, what God is doing in it. He doesn't want us to despise the day of small things or despise the day of the season that we're living in or lose sight of the promises in our our season. How many knows that God promises us seasons of fruitfulness and harvest? He promises us, did he not say in the word of God, if my people who are called by my name will humble them? themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way then will I hear from heaven then will they hear from heaven then will I heal their land then will he pour out his spirit upon us but you and I have to know we can't miss this opportunity or our day and moment of visitation God told Habakkuk in chapter 2 verse 3 he said the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it shall speak and not lie though it tarry wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry seasons are opportunities for our vision to come to fruition did you hear me? seasons are the opportunities for our vision that God has put in us to come to fruition. Amen. God is a God who establishes seasons. In Genesis 1 and 14, and we're going to get right into this. The Bible says, And God said, Let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day. From the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So God appointed seasons and the very beginning of the word of God. In Genesis 8.22 it says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. It has been from the very beginning, church, that God established it and appointed seasons. And He appoints His very creation to obey His seasons, or the fact that there are seasons. It says in Psalms 104 verse 19, it says, he appointed the moon for seasons. The, the sun knoweth his going down. And in Psalm 74, 16, it says this, the day is thine, the night also is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. God is a God of seasons in the natural. Amen? You can see that through the word of God. Our lives are no different than, than the natural seasons that we see in creation. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he said, In the word of God, he said to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. No, the birds in the 1960s did not write that the Beatles or the tur- Turtles or the whoever it was that sang it I think it was the birds I'm not sure but one of those 60's bands sang that song and they, they, they sang it and I learned it from there before I ever learned it in the word of God but Solomon recorded it to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven there's a time to be born a time to die a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted there's a a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. There's a time to embrace. There's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to get, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and a time to sow. A time to keep silent, and a time to speak there's a time to love a time to hate a time of war and a time of peace God set it up that way that we go through seasons and highs and lows and mountains and valleys in our experience amen and in our life and whether you go through them as a Christian or a non-believer, you still are going to go through them. But what's so awesome is whenever we go through them with the Lord, He is with us. Amen? He is with us. And so I know life is comprised of seasons, but my burning question to God is why? You know, I, I sat around Pastor Lee, and I, he's a brilliant man, a brilliant mind. And to hear him speak and teach, I'm just enamored. Not enamored, I'm in awe of the grace of God upon his life because it's not him, it's God in him, you know, to be the glory and he would tell you that but listening to him I said my goodness, how do you get the? what is your process to come to your conclusion what is your method to put together a teaching and to come to such an awesome conclusion or a profound statement or thesis if you will in your teaching and he you <laughs> just simply says to me, when you go to the Word of God or you or you inquire of God about these things, you always want to ask the question, why? Why do we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Why does man need to be saved? When you ask that question, why, you'll begin to see why God does what He does or He'll give you a limited amount of understanding in that. And so I know that seasons are necessary. Why are they necessary? Necessary? why can't we always have summer all year long see why can't we always be in the newness of spring always why is there a fall why is there a winter why are there other seasons that seem to be less you know <laughs> becoming and less you know A blessing to us Than the seasons of summer and spring Well God established it for a purpose Because there's an ebb and a flow in our lives There's an ebb and a flow There's a process in our lives We're on a journey And I want you to know it's filled with seasons And we go through all of those seasons. Scripture teaches us seasons were established before Adam and Eve were even created. And we know that Adam was responsible to dress and tend and cultivate the garden. To what degree there were seasons in his time and in the garden, we don't know. But we know this much, that the garden was watered from the ground up. There was a mist. There wasn't ever any rain until Noah began to build that ark and it rained upon the earth that's why nobody got on that ark because they said we've never had a season where rain came down from the heavens it's always come up from the earth and it's watered the ground but God had a new season he had something that he was doing and it was a judgment but he was showing people just because you don't see it just because you've never seen it before doesn't mean God's not going to do it there are things that you're hoping for but you say I've never seen it before in my life but God is going to do it. Amen. He's going to take you and I to a deeper place. There are some people that in your heart and in your mind you've said I'm never going to overcome this. Yes you will. You're going to come through a season and you're going to experience something you've never experienced before. So we know that the labor for Adam was with ease in that garden because he was living in a perfect, uncursed world and existence. The fall of Adam came, however, unfortunately, and everything from there on came by hard labor, rigor, and the sweat of his brow is what God said. And now we have four seasons in the natural, and we know we have one of them that is a declining season and one of them that is a season of death but there's also a season of birth. And there's also a season of maturity. And I'm going to break it all down for you today. Spring represents new life and new beginnings. Isn't it so wonderful? We celebrate the resurrection of our Savior in the springtime. Hallelujah. Because that's when God births new things. That's when the tulips come up and, the, and all of the flowers that come up from a bulb that's been planted in the ground. Hallelujah. Because of the resurrection in spring. Time. So springtime's a time of birthing. It's a time, Amen, when the resurrection comes from the dead or the place of death. Summer represents a time of growth and abundance and maturity. And autumn symbolizes the change and the transformation, letting go of old ways and allowing God to work in your life. Amen. It's the time of turning over a new leaf and the changing color to release things that are holding us back from transformation. Some people are holding on to a dead old leaf, holding on to that on their branch rather than letting it die and letting it go so that God can bring a new bud upon your life and bring fresh fruit and a fresh bloom. But it'll never happen if you don't go through the season of the autumn and let that stuff die and release it in the name of Jesus. Winter represents a time of rest and reflection to slow down, to pray, to reflect on our journey and prepare for new things. And God brings us into new seasons because it's His nature and character. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Everything God does is living. But it died, but it rose again. He said, I was He who was alive who died, but is alive again. Hallelujah. You know, he, does, he says, I was he who, who was dead, but I'm alive again. I'm alive evermore. Hallelujah. Everything God does is growing. It's advancing. It's moving. It's living. God is not stagnant. Ever. People may be stagnant. People may sit on, you know, the promises of God, not stand upon them, but sit on them, because they're not moving into what God called them into. People will sit, and they will not experience what God wants. They'll bury that, and they'll call it, you know, a a, a hill that they'll die on. But I want you to know, God is moving. He's always moving. He told in Matthew 25, 26, He told that unprofitable servant, He called him lazy and wicked. God does not want His believers, His children, to be wicked and lazy. If you are a well-bodied, well-abled man in here, and you are of age that you're not in retirement and you don't have a job, I have a word from God for you. Get one. God did not call you to sit home and play video games. God didn't call you to sit home and play video games. Amen. He's not stagnant. He said, you buried that talent in the ground and you left it there. You didn't bring any multiplication, no increase, no blessing, nothing, no fruit. And he said, you're a lazy and a wicked servant. That's what he called him unprofitable. There is nothing stagnant with God. He's always moving. He's always advancing. That's why Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. I've got something I've got to do. There's somebody I'm going to touch and bring life to and they're going to go and take that life and tell the whole city. That's what's going to happen. Now, each season, natural and spiritual, has a significance in our faith journey. We are on a faith journey. We are walking in faith, walking in the Spirit. And there are seasons where I'm telling you you're on the mountaintop. And there are seasons when you're in the valley. There are seasons when you're sitting there watching Jesus multiply the bread and the fishes But a short time later you're out on the water Amen And your cry is crying out to awaken the master But he's trying to show you Just that quick your season can change That quick things can turn on a dime And you watch as you're at a place where you're like God where are you? He said I never left you nor forsook you so there are seasons, and each one has a significance in our journey faith or our faith, faith journey. There are seasons that build us, there are seasons that we grow, there are seasons that we're blessed in, there are seasons uh, sometimes that God is birthing something, sometimes there's a harvest, sometimes there's a pruning. Sometimes there's a sanctifying and sometimes there's a chastening. There's all kinds of diverse seasons. I don't know what season you're in today, but I know that God will bring you through every season and you have to go through them Moses went through several seasons in his life. There was a season that he had no control over. Only God and his mama had control over. And they saw him put in that little bulrush ark and he went down and he grew up in Pharaoh's house. There was a season. But he came to a point where he knew his own people and he knew I've got a call on my life. And he got ahead of God. Don't get ahead of God in your season. Amen. Wait upon the Lord. But God God had to do something in him and you've got to know even if I get ahead of God and I make a mistake I've got to know that he's going to all things are going to work together for the good for for his purpose for his purpose he's called me I love him I've got a heart that's throbbing for God and he's going to bring me through what I'm supposed to do well Moses got ahead of God he began to take matters into his own hands and said I'll bring deliverance in my flesh the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God's doing something in the heavenlies. You can't put your hand to it. You've got to let God do it. Well, he buried that man. He ended up being sent on the run as a fugitive. Found himself 40 years on the backside of a sheep pasture, you know, tending sheep for his father-in-law. But it was a 40-year season God had him go through. I've been through seasons, I thought, Lord, is this ever going to change? Am I ever going to see a change in this? My God, anybody there today? Anybody living there today? But then Moses came to a point where God brought him to a burning bush. He turned aside to a burning bush and he said, you're getting ready to go and do a new season. He didn't say that, Pastor. Yes, he did. He said, you're going to go into Egypt and you're going to stand before Pharaoh and you're going to say, let my people go. I'm taking you and calling you to be a deliverer. And he showed him there at that moment what he was going to do in that season. God puts a vision in your heart and he tells you, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to use you. This is what I'm going to do. Wait upon me and I'll lead you there. And he always does. So seasons have significant significance. And there's different seasons. Sometimes he's pruning us. Sometimes he's breaking us. Sometimes he's chastening us. Sometimes he's sp- Spanking us. The problem is some people in the church think they're grandchildren and they don't get spankings. God has no grandchildren. He only has children. And He will have a board meeting. The board on your rear end. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. You should never, it's, you never abuse your children. Don't abuse them. Don't let your anger come out whenever you discipline them. But your children have to be disciplined. If you don't deal with them when they're five smarting off to you, when they're 13, they'll tell you off. Amen. 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 I, never, I never stood in my mom's face and ever told her off hey yeah all she had to do was just look at me I was like shutting up amen I'm gonna tell you we had respect and when I went to school and I saw kids smarting off and cussing at the teacher yeah even whenever I was in high school I saw that stuff happen and I thought man I'm waiting for the arrows to come I knew better than to do that. I was taught that at home. Amen. (laughs) Listen, I want to exhort you today. Seasons come whether you accept them or not. Marinate on that for a second. Seasons come whether you accept them or not. They come regardless if you seize them or not. All of creation obeys the law to fall in step with seasons except His most beloved creation or the most beloved of His creation. And you know who that is? You. He created you in His image. He gave you and I a living soul. That's what the Bible says. And He created us and and but a lot of times his own creation that he made by intelligent design with reason the ability to reason the the ability to think the the ability to have logic the the will the free will he gave us that and we a lot of times choose to disobey in a season when he's called us to obey he's called us to submit to that Season, go through it. I've been spanked before. I've been spanked before. I've had my electricity shut off, and I said, God, why did you allow this to happen? He said, You spent what you should have saved for your bills. You can't party. When I say party, I don't mean hardy party, okay? Let me walk that back for a second. You can't just go and blow your money on whatever you want to blow it on when you got bills to pay. And then go, God let me down. No, he met your need. You just spent it on cotton candy. Amen. You know? I said, Lord, I don't have money for my bills. He said, you shouldn't have bought this. You shouldn't have bought that. You shouldn't have went out to eat. You shouldn't have done this. You had your electric bill. You blew it. You blew it. Some people get saved. I remember Brother Clendenin got saved. And, and the church asked for 10%. His wife said, that's a deal. He was spending 40% in the bar. 10 percent's a deal. Well, some of you say, you're in my living room. Praise God. God brought you here in a season for you to hear this. And you, you, you want to be like, sell ice cream. You want to preach truth, you're going to have people that are not going to like what you have to say. But I want to exhort you, seasons come whether you accept them or not. They come regardless if you seize them or not. All creation obeys the law to fall in step with seasons except for us. We are the ones that that omit the fact that we have to be in submission to the seasons. And what God is doing in the seasons. Don't miss your season of visitation from God. Hallelujah. I began to pray some time back. I I went to prayer on a Friday night when, when, when there was a lot of other things that I could have been doing. But I chose to go to prayer, and the Lord met me so beautifully. And I said, Lord, you're so sweet. You're so precious. This is so beautiful. This is so awesome. And I, I, I was just like, Lord, I, I don't deserve this. And, but the Lord reminded me. He said, you made time for me. Amen. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. I will pour out my spirit. There will be a time of refreshing for you if... You will make time for me. And because you did that, I poured out my spirit upon you. You obeyed the season to come and to be with me in prayer. You obeyed that. Don't miss your season of visitation from God. Many of the Jews and many in Israel, especially the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, missed their greatest moment when Jesus came on the scene. Simeon didn't miss it because he said, my eyes have seen salvation right here before me, holding this little baby as he was dedicating baby Jesus. Anna was there from from the time of, of a youth. She was there. She was a widow. But all of her life, waiting for this moment, a man when Jesus would come on the scene What a powerful woman of God Can you imagine if she would have give up And said you know I'm 80 years old Now it's about time I just give up And go into retirement You never retire from worship in the Lord You never retire from a prayer life In fact it becomes more dedicated But she saw what Simeon saw John the Baptist Did not miss his moment of visitation Amen He sees that moment And they experienced the greatest blessing blessing there's a blessing God is trying to get you to seize in a moment that's before you will you do it will you be willing to do it and say I'm in this season and I want God to bless my life spiritually The debut of Jesus was a new season, a new dispensation, a new covenant of grace and the Holy Spirit. Isaiah prophesied it in chapter 61, 700 plus years before Jesus stood up in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 through 21 and he said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised in other words what God was saying through his son is the gospel has come and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and the he closed the book he gave it again to the minister Jesus sat down in that synagogue and all eyes were on him in the synagogue they were fasting on him and he said and began to say unto them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears in other words it was a season when what was a 700 year old prophecy came to pass in that synagogue that day day there's something a covenant that jesus made with us two thousand years ago and he's saying this day is this being exposed to you and delivered to you and it's spoken in you and it's fulfilled in your ears you can have salvation through jesus christ you can have deliverance you can have blessing you can come through your season and it'd be fruitful Today it's fulfilled in your ears. People say, "Well, maybe next week." You may not have next week. You may not have next week. Jesus could come today. He could come before we make it to the parking lot. Amen. i gonna take that coat off. I'm getting hot. I say, Pastor, why are you wearing it? Because I don't want to wear a tie. Why don't you want to wear a tie? Because my neck's too fat, now that you know. Don't nobody go out and try to buy me a shirt. Trust me, they don't fit. I've just resigned to the fact, Lord, you just want me to leave it unbuttoned. I mean, if I keep going up, I'm going to have a 20 neck, and the shirt's going to be out to here. Oh, don't tell me to stop. I know. I'm waiting for my day of Jubilee. Amen. He said, today is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The gospel to the poor and spirit. Healing to the brokenhearted. Deliverance to the captive. Sight to the blind. Liberty to the bruised. Liberty to the bruised. You know, bruises are supposed to heal. You got to let them heal. And preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the season we've been in for almost 2,000 years, but it's slowly coming to a close. The day of the Gentiles is coming to an end. All of the book of Revelation, all you have to do is read it, you see. Everything is to bring those Jews to Jesus. God's already doing that. It's all focused. I mean, there might be people that are Gentiles that might get saved in the tribulation period. I'm not saying that they won't. But I've come to tell you this, that the, the, the focus is going to be on... Israel. It's going to be on that Jewish nation. It's going to be on those Jews that have yet to receive him. I watched a video of a man. He said uh, you know, he said I began to go into the word of God into the Torah and I began to go through that Old Testament and he said I began to read and see Yeshua in the Old Testament scripture and he said Yeshua is in Isaiah. Yeshua is in Jeremiah. Yeshua is in Ezekiel. Yeshua is all through that Old Testament. He said I saw him and he said I saw that but I still didn't you know accept it and he said one day I was sitting alone and he said the Messiah began to speak to me and he said Jesus is your Messiah he said I realized this is my Savior and my Messiah he said now I found my Messiah I'm not waiting for the Messiah to come I found him he found me amen there's going to come a moment in time when the Jews are going to respond to the call the clarion call Jesus is the Messiah. Amen. He is the Messiah. Glory to God. But we're living in a time where the day of Gentiles is closing. So in this season that you're in, seize the moment. Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. All things are passed away. All things become new. That is a season like you've never known. You're saying goodbye to the autumn and hello to the spring of a birth in Christ Jesus. Jesus we've come into a new season a spiritual season let me tell you the devil's not your father you serve God the father he said as many as received him gave he power to become the sons of God he said you're coming into a season where you're going to become something you've never ever been before but you are a child of God you were empowered to be a son of God we were a lot of things before but now we're a son and a daughter of God Hallelujah. My God, it's a new season. It's a new season. And if you're a son of God, if your earthly fathers know how to give good gifts unto you, you can finish the scripture. How much more shall our heavenly Father give unto you? See, that's one of the fatal flaws in the church today. They're wanting man to do for them what only God can do. They're wanting man to do what only God can do. Please, let me just, let me say to you, do not make any preacher your idol. Do not make me. Do not make anybody else. Don't put any preacher on a pedestal. Amen. Because you're going to find out in time that they are human beings. They are flawed. People in the church are flawed. Amen. People in the church are flawed. Well, they're supposed to be. I know we're all supposed to be, but we're not. But we're we're trying. We're serving God. We're seeking God. We're being conformed to His image. We're on that potter's wheel and He's got His hand on the clay and He's shaping us and He's molding us. But a mar comes up. So what does He do? He doesn't throw the clay away. He starts over. He begins again don't expect for, for, for man to give you and do for you what only God can do for you oh I'm so thankful today hallelujah hallelujah the devil's not your father but you're in a new season you're in a new season and it's, the Bible says that those that received him gave he the power To become the sons of God. Say I'm becoming something today. I'm becoming something today. I'm in a season where I'm becoming something. In God. There's power in your new season. There's hope in your new season. There's harvest in your new season. For Boaz it was a season to give. For Ruth it was a season to receive. God may have you in a season where you're giving. Where you're saying throw out that corn. Throw out that. Let me be a son. Servant, let me. And Ruth is over there. She's gleaning all of that. There's a season of giving. There's a season of receiving. But it all has to work together. Because if there hadn't been a Boaz given and a Ruth receiving, there wouldn't have been a Jesse born, that birth the David, that birth the Jesus. The season is far bigger than you realize. The harvest is greater than you realize. The greatest power is the ability to recognize the new season and the power God has for it, for you. You say, I'm not seeing the miracle I want to see, Pastor. No, but you're seeing the grace. Amen. Amen. I was sharing with Lorenzo on Thursday or Tuesday, I guess it was prayer. I said, brother, I know, I know you're disappointed. I know you've had a lot of let downs this week trying to find a place and all that i said but you know what you got to see the grace and where you're at the grace is that you do have a place to live for right now it may not be the, the, the 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 greatest or the may not be the most opportune but you know what at least god is he is he is living up to the promise of his word you'll have a roof over your head amen amen And I said, you're in a season right now. God's." And the other day, brother, I was praying. I was just praying, seeking God for you and Amber. And and it's just on my mind. But I was just praying. I'm just seeking God. And he said, you know, I shut the door because I've got a bigger yes. Amen. Amen. A lot of times we're like, Lord, I'll just take a one-bedroom. He said, no, i got a three-bedroom for you. Don't settle for a one-bedroom or a two-bedroom because you've got a lot of kids, amen. You need a bigger, bigger house, and he said, "You may just be a month or two away from that great blessing just opening up to you. It's coming, Amen, Hallelujah." When God says no and shuts a door, He's always got a bigger yes. Just hold on, don't be discouraged. You and Amber, pull those kids in, Amen. God just if something just grips His heart when you bring them babies in. Get them up on that bed and say, "We're all going to pray together." There were times we need, we had needs, and she'd bring in Colin, Cameron. We'd sit there on that bed. We. Weep and cry. We'd say, God intervene, God move. I remember when Cameron was getting his hair cut by Bertha. He said, My mom and dad are believing God for a house. And she said, What do you want? Tell God. Tell Him what's on your heart. Share it with the Lord. She said, You want a, a, a big house? He said, Yeah. She said, You want a pool? He said, Yeah. Amen. Well, He had a house with a pool. Amen. Hallelujah. Look, I'm not one of these preachers that's going to get up here and tell you you're spiritual because you got a load of money in the bank. But I'm going to come to tell you today that if you're God's child, He's going to take care of you. He loves you. He loves you. And it's wrong to think that we always have to live in seasons of poverty. God wants us to live at that place where He says, I've met your need. Just hold on in that season in faith where there's not the absolute you know, re- fulfillment of the promise of it. There's grace. I haven't been healed yet. That, that thorn in my side hasn't been removed. But He said, Paul, He said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. Oh, the greatest power is the ability to recognize that new season and the power God has for it. I have subsequent messages that are going to follow this. The seasons of end times. The season of ministry and harvest. The season of a breakthrough. The season of weariness and trouble. And how God is in the midst of every season. Four, five, six different messages that the Lord laid on my heart and my spirit. And I went through and 250 some odd scriptures on seasons. I said, my goodness. He said, it's all through the Bible. And people's greatest frustration is the season. They don't understand. You say, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He is with you. Fear no evil, for I am with you. I'm with you. This message was a preliminary method, message to stir up faith for your next season and your new season. Make sure you prepare your heart and attitude to approach the season in faith. So I'm waiting for that season for my, my, my you know, my companion. I'm waiting for my mate. God's, God's preparing you for that. Amen. Amen. I, I shared with somebody the other day and I said, you know, I want you to understand something, especially being men in here. We're called to be spiritual leaders. And, 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 and the, the wife, the woman that God has put in your life may not necessarily be where you're at right now. But you know what? You're the, supposed to be the spiritual leader to lead them. You're the priest of that household. You're supposed to lead them. Amen. So show them grace. Show them mercy. Amen. Be gracious to them. Because remember, God was gracious to you when you were acting a fool. Come on. Folks, let's just rip the cover off and be real. Amen. Remember, God was gracious. Gracious unto you. Praise God. I had a lady, a preacher's wife, say to me when I first got married and we were at Living Water. she said, uh, when we started the church, I should say it was several years later, but she said, I'm going to tell you right now, if you pray, she'll pray. She's watching your life. If you pray, she'll pray. Amen. If you pray, your kids will pray. Hallelujah. And she said, you can't expect somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. We have to be people that see this. Amen. And to know... Uh, let me find my place here again but make sure that you prepare your heart and your attitude to approach the next season in faith, make sure that you're prepared for that or you're preparing yourself for that season God is preparing you to be a husband, He's preparing you to be a wife, He's preparing you for a higher level in the Lord, amen, a higher level spiritually, maybe a place in ministry, maybe He's moving you to another level and He's seeing where you're at in this season that in some ways you might even despise oh man all I get to do is just you know clean the bathrooms yeah but maybe God's got something greater for you amen he's got something greater for you oh just hit me amen I remember I asked, she's cleaning those bathrooms she never complained in fact she said I'll clean the bathrooms and we're glad she does She does it hotel style. I mean, she folds that toilet paper and it's tacked and everything. It's spotless in there. It's clean. I said, my goodness, I didn't know the grout could be this clean. I said, it used to be brown, now it's white. Wow. But what started just being janitorial and she's still doing that, God said, I'm moving you into a ministry even outside of your church. I'm doing something in you. Amen. When we, when we don't despise the day of small things, God will begin to make you ruler over greater things in that season where you're at. Stay there long enough for God to see you worthy of promotion. Be faithful, yes. Be faithful in the little things and He'll make you ruler over greater He'll make you ruler over greater. I love it. I love it. Make sure you prepare your heart and attitude to approach the season of faith. Joshua told the children of Israel, prepare yourselves because you're getting ready to cross this river Jordan and you're going into a place you've never been before. So prepare yourself. You got to know this. You got to follow that ark. You got to follow the Spirit of God. You can't get ahead of God. Jesus told the disciples, "Tarry until you be endued with power, wait for the outpouring of the promise of the Father. You're in a season where God has you sowing. He has you sowing. He has you plowing. He has you uh, ten days in that upper room. You think they didn't come into unity? I mean, Jesus' whole ministry, He's got them back there arguing over who's the greatest among them. Who's going to sit on the right? Who's going to sit on the left? Even before Jesus ascended, Peter said, I know that, you know, you talked about how great John's ending is going to be, but what about, or my ending, but what about John? And Jesus said, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. In other words, tend to your own knitting, lady. Just focus upon what God's doing in this season in your life. It doesn't matter what happens with John. I told you what's going to happen with you. Why do we worry about other people more than what God is speaking to us? amen amen Hallelujah come on now people say, did you hear about this one did you hear about this preacher? did you? I said, my goodness I got enough to worry about myself. I got enough on my own plate. I just want to stay in my lane. I can't focus on what everybody else is doing or not doing or their problems or their mistakes I've got to keep myself before the Lord. He said, what is that to you? Amen. Just do what God told you. Terry, till you be endued with power, because if you don't, you're going to miss it. We need not despise the day of small things. Why did God have Zechariah in chapter 4, verse 10 say that? Because what he was saying is, when you despise the day of laying the foundation, or the fact that God's put it in somebody to come back to Israel to see it restore Jerusalem, don't look at the beginning stages and say, that's all there is? Come on, man. Are we ever going to see this house built? Are we ever? Do you know that God is a God that is methodical? He's a God of process. And when he builds, he builds it right, and he builds it strong. Jesus didn't tell us to have our foundation built upon the rock for no reason. It takes painstaking labor and tedious detail to make sure that that foundation is upon the rock and not upon the sand. Amen. That temple stood. It stood until the people walked away from God and he had to judge it and tear it down again. Look, don't despise the day of small things. Don't despise the day of beginnings of restoration. Don't despise that. Amen. Amen. Don't despise that. Don't get in a hurry trying to to, to bring to pass what God wants to come to pass in time. (laughs) Don't be like Esther and almost forget. Well, I want you to be like Esther, but not at the point where she wasn't paying attention to her season. When you almost forget that you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mordecai said, you can send me down food and you can send me down clothes to try to give me some humanitarian aid, but I want you to know something, Nisi. God brought you to that kingdom and handpicked you. And he said, who knows if you haven't been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. To deliver the people of Israel, to deliver the Jews. There's an all-out attack on us. And you think that just because you're up there, when they find out that you're a Jew, you're going to go down just like everybody else. Amen. Don't miss your season, sis. Don't miss your season, Hadessa. Make sure that you see that season and you don't neglect it. See, people, you know, they don't realize what's right there before them. is a season God is trying to get you to see. A season of deliverance. Amen. We're wanting to go out. Oh, I feel the spirit of God. We want to go out. We want to win the world. We got people sitting in our own church. We got young people that are dead to the things of God. But yet we feel called to go out. And and we should. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But we neglect what's right in front of us. What about the youth that sit here in our church that sit there in a corner and everybody walks by them and they go, well, they look angry. Well, they probably are angry. Maybe they went through things in their life. But when was the last time you went up to them and put your arm around them? When was the last time you went over there and said, you know what? Let me pray with you. Let me spend time with you. I don't always have to go up to you and try to be the the, the spiritual warrior in your life. When was the last time that you just said, hey, you know what, let me take you to lunch today. Let me spend some, oh. (laughs) We got children and young people that are, what I'm going to say, a victim of the influence of the age that we're living in. We got kids in sixth grade in our own school that need mentors to pour into them. They need a peer to go up to them and say, you know what? I'm about your age, because I can tell you, your peers will speak to you at that age more than even some older adult can. Where, where is this at? See, we can't miss the season right there in front of us. Hey, man, we can't miss that season right there in front of us. There's things right in front of us. We're walking right through them and saying, oh, there's a lost world out there. There's one sitting in the church. There's, there's something right here. Amen. There might be somebody sitting in our midst today that said, God, I just wish somebody would come up and love me. Just hug me. Just love me. Seasons. Where is season? Where are you at? Listen, I'm closing because I want us to have a moment of prayer, a time of prayer, not a moment, but a time of prayer where we can prepare our hearts for what God is going to do. Don't be like Joash when Elisha said, beat that arrow on the ground, and he only did it three times. He said, if you'd have beat that thing six times, you would have won a complete victory don't stop in the midst of your pursuing god for total and complete victory over something god tells you you know what i want you to fast for 3 or 4 days he said oh, i made it through the first day but i just don't stop on the brink of a miracle finish what god said it'll come Don't forget that your lamps need to be filled in the season where there's an opportunity to fill them because you don't want to come to a place where what you could have done you didn't and now you want to and you can't. Right now God is moving us into unique seasons. Maybe you've been 40 years with Jethro and God is trying to get you to turn aside to the burning bush. How many burning bushes did Moses see? before he finally said, I'm going to turn aside and see this sight. (laughs) And he stopped to say, let me see. I close with this in Isaiah chapter 42. And I want you to hear God's word to us and the hope in Christ being in step with him. He said, behold, my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, and whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. He's speaking of Christ. He said, a bruised reed, listen to this, a bruised reed shall he not break. And the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he has set judgment in the earth and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it. That can't happen without seasons. He that giveth breath unto the people upon it and the spirit to them that walk therein. He said, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and I will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoner from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. And I love this. He said, I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory. Will I not give to another neither praise to graven images? Behold, the former things are come to pass. Did you hear that? Former things are come to pass. It's a new season. And uh, new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And he said, Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise from the end of the earth, ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. You have to know today, God is trying to take us all into a new season. He's trying to take us all into a new season. He's trying to bring us into a season. And and, and there are people here today, you feel like that bruised reed and that smoking flax. You feel like, Lord, I'm broken and and I'm just bent over. And there's just a little bit of a trickle of smoke coming up. But he said, I'm not the kind of God that's going to go out and put that out. I'm not going to kick you to the curb and say, you know what? You're broken down. I'm not going to do nothing for you. No, he said, I will not do that. But he comes and he says, I do a new thing. I'm a God of restoration. I'm a God of recovery. I'm the God of healing. I'm the God that calls those things that are not as though they were. I'm the God that gives beauty for ashes. I'm the God that has given you a brand new field to begin to plow in and see a harvest come. A new season. I'm ready for a new season. I'm ready for something great that God has. I'm serious, amen. I'm serious. I, we, you know, we preach the cross, the blood, the Holy Ghost. We, we preach that. That's in our messages. That's, but church, we've got to understand something that God wants us to come into this season in our life where we walk in victory. We understand his grace. We understand that every season we're in, God's there with us. And he said, I'm trying to bring something about. Prepare yourself for what I'm going to do. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Everything that I went through before I started this church, God was preparing me. He was preparing me. He was preparing me. What is it that you long for? Hannah went through a rough season of persecution and disappointment, even despair. But you know what? She came into a season where she birthed a judge, a prophet, a deliverer, and a priest. She birthed that. God wants to do that. There's some folks in here. God's trying to bring you into a season where you come through in deliverance. Amen. Amen. There's some of you in here, he said, I'm trying to bring you into that priestly role, okay? When I say priest, I'm talking about that that position and that place where you have communication with God. He's trying to raise up intercessors, prayer warriors, worshipers, amen. People who go and they plead with God for people that don't know how to plead for themselves, He's trying to raise up a man that judge. And when I say judge, he's trying to do something in you where there's a righteous judgment, not judging her, judging her, judging him, but a righteous judgment comes up within you. Do you know, before I got saved, there was a lot of things that I thought were OK. There's a lot of things that we thought before we got saved were OK. But when we got saved, God changed everything about us. And he said, no, abortion's not OK. Your generation may say it's okay, and that old way of thinking may say it's okay, but I brought you into a new sound judgment and righteous judgment, and that changed. That whole mentality of be whoever you want to be, you know, it's none of my business. I can tell you it is none of my business, but I will tell you this. God doesn't want you to be whatever you want to be. He wants you to be what he called you to be. And you have to, with that kind of mentality, you don't preach the truth. You don't tell people the truth. But whenever you have a righteous judgment, you begin to speak what must be spoken. You've got to speak that. You have to stand for truth. Amen? So, and then there's that prophetic that comes up within you. When I got born again, oh, I got up and I was like, Lord, I have purpose. My life is, not only have you showed me that you love me and I have value, but I have purpose. I'm going somewhere. See, for 17 years, I was going nowhere fast. I was in darkness. My life was just floundering. But I got saved, and I said, you know what? I'm going somewhere. I used to, I used to dress so sloppy. I'm serious. I'm not saying that I'm looking great today, but I'm just telling you. I used to dress so sloppy, and I got born again. I got born again, and I would, my shirts would just hang out. They'd be wrinkled. I wouldn't iron them. I wore radio jeans and shoes that looked like they need to be thrown away, and here you are. I come into the house of God, but when God saved me, I always tell this story. Maybe you don't remember, but I had a graduation outfit my mom bought me. She bought me slacks, a shirt, a tie, and a pair of shoes. They were dress shoes. The only dress outfit I had. And and the first week I got saved. I'm looking around and I'm going, man, nobody looks like they just left the garage. That's because they came to worship the king. And they put an emphasis upon the event and how they felt about it. And so I put that graduation outfit on. I come into the house of God, I tucked my shirt in, had my belt, you know, because my mom told me don't ever wear a tucked in shirt without a belt. So I got my belt on. I come in there, and they thought I was a visitor. Amen. <laughs> they were like, wow, you look amazing. And I was like, thank you. It's the only one I got. So the next week, I went back, come back into the church, had that graduation outfit on. Amen. Gray slacks, a white shirt, gray tie, and black shoes. Third week, I come in there. Here, I had that same graduation outfit on. Amen. Only had one. But I came in there because I love God. He gave me purpose. And you know, whenever I came in like that, he said, you're a king's kid. You're mine. I dressed you. Amen. Amen. Everything changed. Everything changed. My friends looked at me. My goodness, who are you? I said, I got born again. Amen. Amen. I got born again. Got my Bible under my arm. Got my hair combed, you know. Got a haircut. Amen. I'm looking pretty good. Amen. Jesus saved me and clean me inside and out. Here I am. He gave me purpose. Something prophetic came up within me. You have a destiny. You're going someplace. I tell people, I don't know what God has in store for me, but I know he's got something. And I came to that house of God, and I'd praise and worship him. It was a new season in my life. I'm so grateful for what God does. And, folks, I'm going to close, and we're going to have prayer. Many of us are at a place right now. God spoke something to you today. And if he didn't, he will in the next four or five messages in this season teaching. Where are you at today? Are you at a place? Do you realize and recognize the season that you're in? Do you realize what Christ is doing in your life in the season that you're in? If not, you need to ask God to help you to discern where you're at. Discern in your life so that you're not disappointed. Because we go through frustrating times and we think, God, where am I going? Where am I headed? What is the purpose of my life? Where? What's going on? God will teach you and he will show you. And if nothing else, he'll just give you a satisfaction and fulfillment where you're at and say, just keep on walking. And you're going to walk right into the will of God. Amen. Amen. It's a new season. You need deliverance? Say, God, deliver me. You need salvation? Say, God, save me. You need healing in your heart or your body. Say, God, heal me. You need direction. God will give you direction. It's a new season for you. You got to lay it all down there before him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, today we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence. Lord, in everything that you're doing and that you're going to keep on doing. I just ask today that you would minister to every person in this house today, God, that each and every one of us, Lord, would, would find that, that understanding and that grace for the season that we're in, God, that we would be thankful for where we're at, Lord, and that we know that you're in the midst of every season.